Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is the Duly Noted Podcast. We're going to talk some college effing football. Everything Florida Gators. Put that in your pipe. With your host. It's my podcast and I'll cry if I want to. Pat Dooley. Okay, um, it's time to do the final podcast of the Pat Dooley at the Gainesville Sun Show. <laughs> the Dooley Noted Podcast. I will tell you that the Dooley Noted Podcast will reappear and just... Um, I'll let you know. Uh, it, I, I'm going to have a website built. I've got some a lot of other things going. If you just follow me on Twitter or Facebook, uh, I will tell you everything, and I'll try to get it out in every way I know how. Um, but this is going to be a sad day today. Robbie and I are both uh, – Robbie will be in in just a minute, and we're both going to walk out of here for the last time. We turned in our badges. We don't need no stinking badges. We turned in our – I turned in my credit card. We turned in our computers. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be sad. It has been an amazing couple of weeks, though, and especially Saturday. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But right now I want to talk like we normally do about the game that was played last week. We'll talk a little bit about the game that's being played this week for the Florida Gators. Um, obviously that Kentucky game, some people weren't real thrilled. I mean – we did get a couple of calls on the radio Saturday, or I'm sorry, Monday, from people that weren't overly thrilled with the way the defense played, and they didn't play well early, and they didn't make adjustments. And we saw Dan Mullen screaming like a maniac, maniac uh, at, uh, at at Todd Grantham, and you know, I mean, he was frustrated. He wanted the ball. I can't score without the ball. You didn't even have to read his lips, and you couldn't read his lips because he had the mask on, which was good. But all you knew what he was saying. I can't score without the ball. You got to get the ball back for me, and they're they weren't very good in those first few possessions. Uh, but as a, another caller pointed out the other day, they only gave up ten points in the whole game. They gave up one touchdown, and it was on a short field. So part of the problem was that Florida fumbled twice, and it definitely wasn't something that they can't continue to do. Uh, they've been pretty good about not fumbling. We know that the Malik Davis fumble and what that caused at Texas A&M, but uh, Kadarius Tony's fumble last week obviously was not a good thing. Uh, when they were about to put the game away, instead they they you know it got a little bit tighter. Uh, but they they can't fumble like that. But it still goes back to questions about the defense and they're questions that I can't answer yet still don't know still don't have an answer for it um I wish I did why they come out flat sometimes um and then and then you see and look you know me I I love to tell you that every game's its own game and every game is its own game matchups are different in every game uh how you prepare is different um what the hype is for every game you know, and just the way teams 
maybe get up and or down for for and we went through all that last week. But for this Florida team, um, when you look at the way the defense has played, and then you look at other teams and how they play, you know that. For example, I, I'm not I'm not getting to my point. Uh, what are they going to do? Fire me? Uh, but but here's the thing. I I look at that Vanderbilt game and Vanderbilt gets shut out by Missouri. Okay, shut out by Missouri. Vanderbilt looked really good on offense against Florida. And you're like, Missouri can't have better players than than Florida does. How does that happen? I can't really answer it. I really can't. Okay, 11 o'clock game. You know, it's not no crowd and everything. All right, well, that's still no excuse. You know, Texas A&M scores 20 against an LSU defense that's supposed to be terrible and has been bad all year. Against Florida, they couldn't be stopped. Now, I know that was a different Florida without Kyrie Campbell. Okay, but it's still, there are so many examples like that where you look at and go, why does this team able to do nothing against, um, you know, why? in other words, why does this team in, incapable of scoring in this game, but against Florida, they look really good on offense? I don't have answers. If I had answers, I would be the defensive coordinator. And that's not my forte. It's offense, as you all know. I could give them offensive plays all day. But in the end, Florida was never really in danger of losing the game, especially after the Kadarius Tony punt return, which was a brilliant play. I, I just – that one just – it faked me and Robbie out both. We are just like, wait, wh- why is Kadarius Tony running down the field? They fear caught the ball down here. We had no idea what was going on. Um, maybe it's why we should get out of the business right now. But – um, it was pretty. That was pretty cool. And then Florida offense got going a little bit, but they were never real sharp. Even though Trask was twenty-one of twenty-seven, almost three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is a unicorn. He's ridiculous. Um, how well he's playing. And, that, and I was thinking about this story the other day, Robbie and I. And I think I know I've told this story before on on the show. Um, and that was about how at the Peach Bowl. And uh, two years ago, we, Robbie and I started asking guys, hey, who's going to be the stud next year that, that's going to come out of nowhere? And they all went, oh, Kadari, I mean, uh, Kyle Pitts, man. You won't believe this guy. And we're like, Kyle Pitts? Okay. We didn't know much about him. Wasn't a big-time recruit. Boy, did they know what they were talking about. So that worked out really well. And the Gators get the win. And that's all it's about right now. Get a win. You know, the Don't worry about the committee right now, okay? It's not about style points. You win this game, you win the next game, you you win the the game after that against LSU, and you and you somehow find a way to beat Alabama, and you're playing for the college football uh, championship. You've got a chance to be in the playoff. That's all that matters. But now they go up there Saturday. It's supposed to be very cold in the low 40s, freezing rain maybe, and again. This is a prognostication on, on Sunday. doesn't necessarily mean it's what it's going to turn out to be, but there is snow up there now. So it's going to be a, a, a different environment. They played in a, in a snow environment in, in, a, to, in a way uh, in Missouri last year. There was snow on the ground. They didn't 
Um, it didn't snow during the game, obviously, but there was snow on the ground. It's, it's not going to be easy. Tennessee hates Florida. We all know that. Crowd's not going to, you know, I don't know how many people are going to show up for this game. Uh, but it's just a matter of taking care of business. They've lost five in a row. They haven't scored more than – they've scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter of their last five games. There are a lot of reasons people are love Florida in this game. But if you notice, Tennessee's only a 16-point underdog versus 30 – that we've been seeing along the way. And that's because they know Tennessee's got enough talent to make it interesting, you know, against Florida. And that's all I'll say about that. Bottom line is, I'll be sitting at home watching it on TV. We'll tell you this, though. Those of you who really like me when I grade the Gators, you like that feature, go to WRUF.com on Saturday after the game. You may have a little surprise in store for you, okay? Uh, I got a lot of stuff working. I'm even going to be on Cameo. And I and I and one of my things I put for the Cameo video was, I can now say this, these two words. I haven't said them in 45 years. As a journalist, you're an unbiased, supposed to uh, not not root for one team or the other. But you get in a, on a Cameo, you know what I can say to you? Go Gators! We'll be right back after we take this break with Robbie Andrew. I almost said of the Gainesville Sun. I guess technically is because this is our last act at as Gainesville Sun employees, and then we're walking out the door uh, when we return here on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. Bring game day tailgates home this season after a stop at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Stock up your huddle with beer, hard seltzers, your favorite wine, or something sparkling. ABC is Florida family-owned and has been getting Gator fans ready for kickoff since 1936. Head inside one of their 125 stores around the state or try their curbside service by ordering online at abcfws.com. ABC Access loyalty members can save $10 on wine, 10% on beer and hard seltzers, and earn points toward $5 coupons. ABC, always be celebrating. Hey, Gator fans! The best way to unwind and chill out during these busy go, go, go days is to reach for the one beer that's literally made to chill. That's Coors Light. It's important to relax these days, so crack open a mountain cold Coors Light and chill out. Now that we're getting towards the critical parts of the college football season, it's important to make sure your refrigerator is stocked with cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged Coors Light. In fact, the mountains on the can will turn blue when chilled to perfection. So when you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Coors Light. You can even have Coors Light delivered by going to get.coorslight.com. As the games get hotter and hotter, reach for the one beer that's made to chill. Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a Gator fan who believes that more convenience is better, join ViStar and bank any way you want. At a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. 
At ViStar, we never forget that it's your money. Proud partner of the Florida Gators. All loans subject to approval. Insured by NCUA. Okay, welcome back to the uh, Duly Noted Podcast, the final Duly Noted Podcast, at least here at the uh, at uh, Gatorsports.com. And uh, Robbie, Andrew, and I are going to uh, call it quits. So we we figured we'd do one last podcast together. And at the end, we'll do three things as well. So, um, Robbie, uh, we were very fortunate what happened Saturday. Uh, it was very nice uh, what the UAA did for us and and our colleagues as well giving us we got standing ovation it was my first one and i know and i'm sure it'll be my last yeah definitely our my last for sure but yeah i I didn't see that coming pat and it was a very humbling experience and very uh very nice of them to do everything they did for us it made us feel really special there on saturday yeah and then we went to your house and had a little party yeah a little champagne the final game champagne (laughs) and uh yeah so you know we're not sad. No, I know. I really, we've no. got a lot. I've gotten a lot of emails. People that are sad, and like I said, there's there's going to be places where you can still read me, and places where you can read Robbie, and and um, well, I'm sure I'll have him on my new podcast as well. Um, but we're going to continue to pay way, very close attention to the Florida uh, football team and all their and all their teams. Yeah, it's not like we're leaving town, Pat. We're going to be yes. here. So I told somebody, I said, <laughs> "Hey, I'm not dead, not you know? yet." <laughs> But I almost feel like we got to see what our funerals would be like. Yeah. Which okay. I well, can't believe anybody cared that much for us. I know. Us. It was an actually a, it was a pretty nice funeral. Yeah, really was. Except nobody played wildflowers. I demand <laughs> somebody play wildflowers at at my funeral. Um, but let's just talk about our careers a little bit, Robbie, and, and um, you know, getting you here in '93, which was a great move on my part, and. Uh, we never dreamed that you and I were just going to spend so much time together because at the time I know I was sports editor and we just needed a beat guy. Yeah. And Pat, the thing was, I was with at Fort Lauderdale at the time and remember they wanted me to come back right. down and cover the Marlins pro baseball, which was Whoa. starting up. And I was thinking, I really don't want to do that. My sports editor said, you might as well give your new dog away because you'll never see him. Oh, that was everything. That was but, but even then, it was a big life change for me. And I remember going, I'd run at night thinking, God, what do I do? Do I take the job here? Do I go back home? What do I do? And I was really torn. But then it hit me. This is where I wanted to be and where I belonged. And it turned out to be the greatest decision of my life. I mean, if I don't come here, where am I now? I mean, I met my wife, Jill, here, two kids. Where would I be? So great move on my part. <laughs> you might be in uh, tough decision, but it was a great great decision to you come might be here. in a bubble somewhere. I yeah, mean, uh, eighty-one games on the road. Yeah, I wouldn't have made it to the finish line for retirement yeah. if I'd gone back down there. I don't think. But and that was a good thing is that we. I think when when I talk to people about this on different segment or different platforms, uh, the fact that we got to cover Steve Spurrier at his peak. I mean, it, I can't imagine anything being better. Any anybody having it better than we had it during that time? No, Pat. People that that are around are just covering Florida football now. Have no idea what that was like back then. No. To be around him and that team, and like I've told so many people, we had relationships with Spurrier, the coaches, the players, and now we're kind of like a distance from all everybody in a way, and not just because of COVID, but because that's the way it's been for a lot of years now over there. But yeah, it was a, a special time and. 
you know, Spurrier made fl- f- uh, Florida football an elite program and uh, just an amazing run, and we were there for all of it. This is how different it, it is from where it was. When the Spurrier story broke that he was leaving, and I, I went over to their offices after breaking the story. Thank you very much. Um, I remember that day. It was un- I was working out at the health club, and all of a sudden it's like, where, where have you been? And so I, I, I immediately go over there, and I'm walking around. I walk back to John Hoke's office. Lito Shepard walks out, and I go, did he tell you he's leaving? I go, he goes, yeah. I go, God, let me get the phone. Call. <laughs> but but we, I'm walking around talking. The coaches are finding out. Right when you were, yeah. yeah. On ESPN, uh, the crawl, and we, but we had a run of the office. I haven't been in that in in that building in that second floor uh, offices in two in four years. One, the last time I was there was McElwain wanted to meet everybody. So yeah, he, that was the last he time I was crammed them all in in one day. Yeah. His leg is going a mile a minute because he wants to get out of all yeah. those meetings. He didn't want to be there at all. He's I got think. a big dip in, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last time I was in there, too, Pat. Now, that may have been the first time I was in that new office. I, I can't remember. I went there one time with, with Urban um, but and, and with Will. I mean, Will was great. Yeah, I mean, he was. He, all of them have been good to us, yeah. really. Yeah, I only, really only had a trouble with one guy. Who? Think about it. Zook? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I was okay with Zook. Uh, uh, I do, I, the one thing I remember, Pat, is that when – during that coaching search, when we found out it was going to be him, we kind of looked at each other like, really? Is that – why are we going there? Well, the funny story about that is that Robbie and I were at the – this was at the in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Holiday. Yeah, you end, look back on it. And uh, this was when Jeremy would come down and have a couple pops with us uh, the night before the game. And we asked him, said, hey, hey, hey. of course, we're bloated at the time. <laughs> we're like, if Spurrier left right now, what would you – who would you – who would be on your list? And – he had had enough that he popped yeah. his list. He gave us the short list. And he goes, Stoops, Shanahan, Zook. And we're like, Stoops and Shanahan, <laughs> Yeah, we I get, get that. But Zook? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it ended up being Zook. So. And I feel bad for Zook because anybody that was going to follow Spurrier was going to have a hell of a time surviving, and he, he couldn't do it. But well, when no, you look back that, now, his record wasn't yeah, that bad. Yeah, if, 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 if Ron Zook had been the coach after Will Muschamp, yeah, he would have been People fine. Going, hey, he's doing. Yeah, he's got things going the right direction. Yeah, you know, but but that's the, the trouble. He followed the wrong wrong guy. Yeah, totally. You know, somebody had to do it. You give him credit for taking that on. Yeah. So, but um, I, he he and I just didn't see eye to eye on some things. Yeah. I mean, I, he he was really close to Frank Frangie, and he would give him all these scoops and give him all this information. And at the time, I mean, this was a time when getting beat on a story was. The end of the world. Yeah, I mean, it was painful yeah. to do. But yeah, I mean, I remember one time, Pat, he, uh, after practice, I said to Zook, it was before a Georgia game, I don't remember which year, but I said, have any players been suspended? Because we are hearing rumblings out there. He goes, no, everybody's playing, everybody's playing. Then I find out five minutes later that Frangie just reported on the radio that the guy's <laughs> suspended. And I walked back with Zook and I said, You lied to me. And he started yelling at me. I started yelling at him. Oh, Doc Lucky I, I, came walking up, like all cheerful. All of a sudden he heard us. He went, Whoa, what's going on? <laughs> but then we were fine after that. Yeah, but yeah, just, he would he fed stuff to Frangie. Yeah, and, we, and so we, I don't know. Zook was not a bad guy. No, at all. not at all. And, uh, you know, and some people say he's a boy, he's a bad coach. Well, he wasn't that bad a coach. He went up to Illinois and got him to the Rose yeah. Bowl. Remember we ran into him in the airport on the way to yeah. where was we were it? Going to Texas A&M, no Arkansas. 
We were going to Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Ran Texas into him. We went through Houston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we ran into him at the airport in Texas there Dallas somewhere. Dallas and yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he Small was going world. to a wedding, his daughter's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, first of all, I'm going to get up and say anything, but I said, I'll go. Be a big man. Yeah. It was, it was a good, good to see the guy. Yeah, I remember him calling from the. Uh, I get a call. I'm out mowing the yard. I get a call. It's McLean, Steve McLean, sports information director, and he goes, and Karen goes, Steve McLean's on the phone for you. He needs. He needs you. It's important. I go, what? So I get on the phone. He goes, yeah, Ron wants to talk to you about what happened with the boating accident. <laughs> so now <laughs> they just handed it to you. Yeah, he gives me. He gives me. Uh, uh, she puts me on the phone. And Zook's, Zook's under the influence. Yeah, of, he is, yeah. Uh, he's out of it. <laughs> because he's having to uh, – the pain's too much for him not to be. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, coach, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> but weren't we at your house that night, Pat, for like a cookout or something? Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. It was. And then we were at his house one night. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was <laughs> it, it kind of created, a little natty light. Yeah, it created uh, the term that you use about it in your backyard. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> um, all right, so, yeah. Zook, he, added a, he added a bathroom to his backyard yeah, that night. Did. Spurrier was, was unbelievable. I mean, there are so many great stories we could tell. But the, one of the best ones is when Spurrier tried to get you fired. That was a classic, Pat. Yeah. I mean, that, that was... It was the week of the Auburn game in 95. 95. Yeah. And they'd lost the last two. Yeah, and all week he kept saying, yeah, they've outcoached us the last two years. So in my matchup, I gave the coaching edge to Bowden over him, which apparently he didn't like. Then after the game, he said that I misquoted him horribly when I wasn't even at his interview because there was a big bus right by him and I couldn't hear. So I quoted him off the quote sheet. And they had corrected the quote sheet. Yeah. And I get home from the the game and on my answer machine is Spurrier goes, I can't believe you. You misquoted me horribly, Robbie. I can't believe you did that. But I couldn't explain to him that it came off a a quote sheet. So. His response to that was to send a note to John Fitzwater, John the publisher, saying, I can't believe <laughs> you would let somebody as dumb and stupid as Robbie cover our team. <laughs> and I kind of agreed with him. <laughs> and Fitzwater walked in and put it on Jim Osteen, the late Jim Osteen, his desk, and said, uh, we got to do something about Robbie. And he goes, no, we're, it's good. Yeah, I think Fitzwater yeah. said, what are we going to do about Robbie? And they went, uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. And so yeah. That was like the time that um, – and we were telling the story the other night uh, when they played at South Carolina. It was a big deal. Game day was there. They had a blackout for the game. It was a night game. And I couldn't go down for quotes. And Debbie Jones who came up, and she had gone down. She had the, Her deadline was better than mine. She, this is a great one. <laughs> and she says, uh, she, I said, hey, can I just get one quote from you to just help me here? She goes, oh, yeah. You know, she was really nice, very, very good. Yeah, she was. And she, and so she gave me this quote, and the quote was, uh, we're glad they wore all wore black. It was easier to pick the ball out, you know, against that black background. That's from Spurs. So yeah. I write it. Spurs. Good quote. Yeah, Spurs mad Monday. Says, where's Pat Dooley? He's not here. He, <laughs> hey, he misquoted me horribly. Then the, then the next day he's like, Where's Pat Dooley? How come he's not here? I, I got a, a bone to pick with him. And he and Debbie says, why? He says, well, he misquoted me horribly. He says, well, I gave him the quote. She says, you gave him the quote. Well, you miss And she plays the tape for and it was, And it was word for word exactly <laughs> right. He goes, well, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but the great thing about Spurrier when he wanted to get me fired, like two or three days later, somebody asked about me. At practice. I don't know why I wasn't there at the time. I was interviewing a player, I think. But somebody brought my name up and uh, – Spurrier goes, Robbie Andrews. Yeah, I love Robbie Andrews. Yeah. So we, it was 
two days later, all was forgiven. Well, I think Spurrier had had a level of respect for us, and and he was very happy when the other day when I was on Feinbaum's show and I said, you know, I love Spurrier because he never lied. No, never, and, no. And, and and that's why he had his feud with Larry Guest because he felt like Larry Guest wouldn't take back a lie. And he got he, mad at David Hyde for the same thing. Did, remember? But he, but I, the guy just never told an untruth in his life. No. And he, and that's, you know, he mentioned that to me the other day. He says, you know what? People, coaches now lie all the time. They do. It's a daily thing yeah. with coaches with injuries yeah. and everything else. So he was very open. Well, and I honest. remember at his very first press conference, which I was at, and because our columnist at the time was suspended, so I went to to write the column, and uh, he asked where he was, and he said he's not here. And uh, you know, he said he apologized for not being able to be truthful with us and in his mind. Not giving us the the correct answer was was a bad thing. It wasn't that he ever told a lie, though. Yeah, he no. would just say, "Well, we'll see what happens." Yeah, you exactly. Know? He wouldn't he wouldn't come out and say a, a false. And I'm like, why kind. is a coach apologizing us for doing what every other coach yeah. does? So I knew it was going to be different. That yeah. the other time I knew it was going to be different, Robbie was I was driving to the paper because again I was sports editor at the time after they beat Oklahoma State fifty to seven. And Spurrier goes, well, we knew they weren't very good. <laughs> yeah, what well, coaches never like, say. Yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> they, never, they never say stuff like totally that. Totally different world. And the post-game Georgia stuff about recruiting oh, yeah. and all that with Ray Goff, and that was classic. Uh, he coaches was don't do that anymore. He He's called me a couple of times during games. He called me during the Texas A&M game at halftime and said, Pat, we ever going to get the ball back? <laughs> I'm like, hey, Coach. No. He wants the ball, man. Yeah. But he one of the great stories he told me the other day was about how because we were talking about recruiting. He said, yeah, I, I remember when you got upset with FSU, kind of beat you guys on a lot of recruits, and you're upset, and you said something about, those guys uh, those guys over at FSU say they feel comfortable. I guess you got to go look in the parking lot, see how comfortable <laughs> they are. Uh, and, and Beautiful. He said, he, but then he said, yeah, he says, you know, Bobby Bowden, Bobby Bowden was like the piano player in the whorehouse. So he, he he didn't know what was going on behind it behind him. He was just you know? playing the piano. So I said that that is classic. That is unbelievable. That's great stuff. Classic. Uh, all right. So we move through Spurrier and and Zook, and then of course to the uh, the whole Urban Meyer era, which was got off to a rocky start. For me, it did. It, for you, <laughs> but I feel like I was so set up. We were set up that. by me and Charlie Strong. You both set me up. Well. The and then story, when it push came to shove, Charlie quietly backed away from everything. Well, the story was that he had made a rule that says you can't practice in your gear. You can't go to the locker you can't room go either, to the and you can't wear. You've got to earn the right to wear Gator gear and get in, get in that locker room. And I'll I'll tell you who told me the story. And he'll he may get. I'm I think the statute of limitations is. Yeah, he had no big deal now. John James is the guy told the story. Uh oh, Johnny. <laughs> and but he John James told me, and then also. Um, Willie Jackson's dad, Willie yeah. Jackson Sr., told me because he was in a golf tournament. We were both in this golf tournament, and I, I called Chris Leak's dad to confirm yeah. it. All right, now I've got the story. I called down to uh, to Steve McLean. Uh, Urban's on one of those trips, you know, Brewster trips, and he and he, he says, we'll get back to you. We'll call you. We'll call you. We'll call you. Finally, I said, he didn't call me. I said, I'm writing it anyway. I've got it. I've got the story. Yeah. So he never calls me. And then I say, you know what, Robbie, you ought to go out there and interview guys about. Yeah, what and it Charlie feels like. Strong said he would help. That if I was outside after the workout, he'd help me out. <laughs> and pl- you know, this is breaking a rule now. Where you don't talk to yeah, players right. without getting set up. Right. So I, I, I didn't have a history of doing that. But so I do the story, and 
You tell the quote from Urban. Oh, so he, I went, he went through the roof. I run into Urban. I'm leaving baseball interviews, and, and I'm, I run into Urban and Dan Mullen, and they're walking the other way. And I said, "Hey, we barely knew each other. We had met once, you know, talked a little bit." And I said, "Hey, everything going okay? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, everything's going good." I said, "Are we good? Are we okay?" And he goes, "Yeah, you and I are good, but that other guy, he's never going to talk to our team again." <laughs> And I'm like, Robbie? Are you talking about Robbie? He's, he's not leaving. You're going to have to talk to him I know. at some point. But so, I, when I found out about that, there was a press conference not much later. I think it was in the spring, I guess, maybe, yeah. Patton, or whenever it was. Yeah, it was, but before, was but, spring. But I called him walking in there, and I said, Urban, I, I, I broke the rule here. I don't have a history of doing that. I think as time goes by, you'll find that out that I do things the right way, and I apologize for doing it. It'll never happen again. He shook my hand, and we were great from that day forward. Yeah. No, he was. A, you guys had no problem. Yeah, I was stupid in enough fact, to break the rules. And lot, you and Charlie set me I up. I know. <laughs> a lot of people don't know the story is that um, before the Georgia game his last year, I uh, was talking to him. I said, you know who really wants you to beat Georgia would be Robbie Andrews' dad. Oh, my God. He just passed away. And uh, Yeah, a week early. Played, played it. Played at uh, Florida for a little while, and he said, "Hey, remind me after the game." So Urban's the bus is is gone, and I'm I go, "Hey, you know, I forgot about that." Texted him, said, "Hey, don't forget Robbie on this thing," and at the press conference the next Monday, he gives you the game ball. Yeah, I mean that that nearly brought me to tears, Pat. I mean, I hugged him. That was really really, and they did all the negative that people talk about Urban. There is yeah a very. We fun. we had a I thought we had a great relationship with him and Shelley. I did right until until Zach Smith and then I kind of I just kind of washed my hands. I yeah. haven't spoken to him since then. Yeah, and and I feel bad. I feel like maybe I overreacted too. On yeah, that. but you know it got to a point where I was just tired of defending him. Yeah, on that kind of stuff. But I think a lot of the criticism he's gotten for what happened here is kind of a little bit overboard. I mean, he recruited the same players that everybody else yeah. in the country was recruiting. He, it wasn't like he was focusing on bad guys at the expense of winning for whatever. Other every school in the country would have taken any of those recruits and gladly had them on their on their campus. So I do you can't blame paid, him for good recruiting. I do think he paid too much attention to recruiting services and too much attention. Uh, in fact, there's a story that that again, Will Muschamp told me that uh, on Josh Shaw. He brings yeah. he brings Chuck Heater his. We got to get this guy. He's a, Tom Lemming. California got the phone guy. With Tom Lemming said he's going to be unbelievable. He goes, and and Chuck Heater goes, Josh Shaw couldn't cover me. He goes, there's no way. And he goes, no, nope, you go get him. So he had to go get him. They get Even him. Though he never he, plays. Him. No, no. Goes out to Southern Cal. Remember, he jumps off a a balcony and breaks both of his feet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was a decent player, but he was not a yeah. good player. But not one yeah, you got to go over. Depend too much about that. Uh, let 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 us talk real quick about the the Ring of Honor, Robbie, because I've I've made my feelings known here. Obviously, right now Urban Meyer is the only guy that can qualify for the Ring of Honor. There's been everybody's talked about it and talked about it. I think it might have happened this year if not for COVID, but it certainly wasn't going to happen this year. But I think Florida's their concern is you bring him out there and people boo and it's embarrassing for the school. Yeah. Do you think he'll get in? He he'll definitely get in, Pat. And I think that. 
you know, the feelings he's expressed about Florida in the last whatever year or whatever on TV, I think people are seeing that. And he does still feel connected to Florida in some way. A lot of people here like him. And I think he's got to go in. There's no way to keep him out of it. And I don't know how you do it where it's tactful and tasteful, but he's got to go in. Yeah, well, I mean, I think their plan is to have Spurrier introduce them. Yeah, well, that and, would and definitely. You, and you can't boo Spurrier. No, you can't. If Spurrier's no anywhere in the building, you can't boo. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if yeah, that if, does. If, if Florida fans see that Spurrier and Meyer are, good, are buddies, then they'll, yeah. they'll accept them back. Yeah, and I think. There's no doubt. When I've asked people at quarterback clubs and stuff like that, it's been 60-40 yes. Yeah. But there are still some people that. You know, there's people that say one, two national championships. There are people say, I don't like the guy. I don't like the way he left. It's all about the way yeah, he Yeah, I know. Left. I know. And that's where people. He did what he had to do that was best for him, though. That's the way yeah. I've always looked at it, that he, he wasn't trying to screw Florida over or anything like that. It just it was what it was. I mean, at the time, he felt he had to go, and he went. And then when he felt like he wanted to get back in coaching, he took his dream job and left. So more right. power to him. We'll take a, a quick break here. Uh, commercial break and then we'll come back and uh we got it we'll, we'll talk for as long as we want to talk is what are they going to do let us go robbie yeah, yeah. they could they could we can talk as long as we want they could escort us out right now Pat. yeah and we'll have three things but there's nobody here to do it no there isn't. <laughs> all right we'll be right back with more of the duly noted podcast right after this message the Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. My special guest on our final one, Robbie Andrew. As we're getting ready to walk out the door, Robbie. Yeah, uh, we are. We're getting close. Are you going to well up when you walk out? or? No, I don't think so, Pat. I've gotten, gone through this whole thing without really getting too emotional. Even though I did feel a little bit of a tug there when we got the standing ovation in the press yeah. box and Spurrier and Foley and Strickland came up and were, you know, had their arms around us for pictures. It was really a touching thing. It was very touching. I got a little bit when um, Arnold, after Arnold read my farewell column and he said, it, it reminded me of this, and he, and he sent a picture or he sent a video of Ted Williams' last game, you know, and how he he, he could have yeah. sat it out and won the triple crown or whatever. Yeah, and he went ahead and when it went played. And he went four for six or something, yeah. double header. So yeah. that made me kind of. He was saying really nice things. Did Arnold cry? I don't know. I'm going to go out and find I, out. I have heard from I heard from his wife that there was a little bit of sobbing. Really? I, I think it was open cry. It might have been know? tears of joy. <laughs> I think it was tears of joy, Pat. Finally, rid it of him. Could have been. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. You could not ask for a better boss. I wrote no. about that. And the, but I'm, I'm, I'm not. I didn't get the specifics. But he, I mean, sometimes I do little hissy fits, and he would always. Yes, com- you did. Calm me down <laughs> and get me. I remember one time they were taking life of a diva here. That's what somebody, we got. somebody over in, um, in the the room where I did my TV show when I was doing the TV show. And I was like, what is going on here? Why is there somebody over there? He goes, well, they've got to take these pictures. And I'm like, come on, this is my, I got to do my show there. This is, and And then he handed you a Snickers bar, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) I was such a baby. You were sometimes. The, the The worst thing I think I ever did in this building though, was, when they named 
executive assistant, uh, no, assistant managing editor. And I did not approve of it. I was very upset. Yeah. And so we had an easel out there that we I remember that well. Yes. Yeah, that we put all the high school <laughs> scores on and I just wrote on it, everything will be okay. <laughs> and they, they brought me into that and chewed me out and gave me. You had a few of those down through the years, Pat. I did, you know. The life of a diva. But that's the thing. They hired me. I was a very young kid when they hired me. Yeah. So, you know, to come here. Come but, in as a kid, go out as an old man. Yeah. I never thought I would be here for 33 years. That no. was not the plan. Th- three years would seem like a long time at, yeah. at that point. But, but you know, it's been a great run, Pat. It is. And we we survived yeah. the, the most Champ McElwain years. Yeah. I mean, we loved Will to death. He's a great yeah. guy. But, and here's, uh, a, here's what we can celebrate, too, to, Pat, today. Never, ever again coaching search for us. Never. We're good. You, Never again. You guys want to change coaches in any sport? Have at it. We can just get on uh, Twitter now and just spread rumors yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we ought to Like do everybody that. else does. We ought to do that. I love the one on Twitter yesterday. Somebody saying that Urban's Shelly Meyer has in, been yep, spotted in Austin, in Austin <laughs> looking for a house. We hear this every coaching search ever. Oh, his wife is looking for houses. No, she's not. We should do that. We should put – we should – like if, if Florida was looking for a new uh, – let's just say football coach. Say yeah. Dan Mullen went to the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay, something like that. And we could get on Twitter and just go – We're uh, hearing. Yeah, we're hearing <laughs> that Lou Holtz is thinking of a comeback. You know? <laughs> and his well, wife is in Gainesville looking for houses. Well, his wife's dead. But that's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we could – we. It would be fun just to watch everybody because the problem with those rumors, and this is was the hardest, one of the hardest parts of the job, was you, you still got to put them out. You, you do, put you the do fires the fires, out. all of them. You can't just let the fires burn because if they they get bigger just, and bigger, they get bigger and bigger. And um, you know, I've always thought that the be- the best way to handle it was to have the ear of the athletic director who's making the hire and trying to talk it through. Yeah, find out what's and really going on. they will even tell you, man, I can't believe what I'm seeing on Twitter. I go, no, yeah. but I've got to call you and see, make sure this isn't yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, i got to bug you because of all this other stuff going on out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. We don't have I'm to glad it's a, that. I'm glad that part is gone. <laughs> In fact, Done. I think I remember when when – McElwain got fired. You were, you and I were saying that at the time. We said this will we only have to, this is the last one we'll have to do. Yeah, because we. But you never knew. All no, of a you did. Bringing the wrong guy, and he's out. But of when McElwain took the job, I think I told my wife Jill. I said, "Well, I don't have to worry about another coaching change because he'll be here for seven, eight, nine years, probably whatever." And no, yeah. didn't work out that way. Had another one. It was an odd one, and and he was one of the oddest coaches, obviously, yeah. we've ever dealt with. The thing with him, Pat, he there there was no hot coaching candidate to go after yeah. that year. And in retrospect, he should have gone after Dan Mullen and hired him then and no telling where this program would be right now. No. But you know? But his see, this is the thing, and I I've been getting this email from this guy who's still mad at me for not demanding that they hire Mullen in two thousand ten or or um fourteen. Yeah. Um, but Jeremy's Version or his his what Jeremy saw in Dan Mullen was not the guy he wanted. The yeah. guy who was here in Gainesville was I'm he was the smartest different. guy in the room. Yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm different from everybody. Is I'm doing only my job and not a, you know it wasn't he he had changed and, and that was Mullen the coordinator. And when that, he, yeah. that's the thing. Scott coming in here 
yeah. as, as a new AD, knew the difference that, that was in here. And uh, and I know that Jeremy and, and, and Dan get along fine now. Oh, yeah. And yeah, says, there's no question. I, I, I should have hired him. And he's told me I should have hired him and not hired Mac. He said McElwain fooled him. Yeah. You know, well, that, he fooled a lot of people, yeah. Pat. There's no hey, question you know about what? it. Here's the thing. And now we're seeing the true McElwain at his new job. You know, he's not talking to the media. He's uh-huh. real distant, real, a real odd duck. Lo- you don't want an odd no. duck as your head coach at Florida. Not my problem. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Actually, nothing is my problem. It feels no. like right now. Uh, but, yeah, but but we've enjoyed – I mean, Dan's been okay. But, look, yeah. we live in a different world now yeah. media-wise where uh, obviously this year is different from anything and has not been fun and – uh, but I think Robbie and I, Robbie will agree with me when I, the day that I said I need to think about retiring was in Starkville. Yeah, I remember that. And, and it was like I had plantar fasciitis. I was miserable physically. I was, the game got over. We finally got done with all our stories after listening to that terrible. It's not the cowbells that make the noise. It's the PA system. No, it's just the constant. Oh. We get back to our room and. We've got to get up in two hours and catch a flight. I, and know. I was like, "What?" It did become Why to me, am I doing yeah. This? But to me, for all those years, covering a game never felt like work to me. It was kind of fun. Yeah, it was great—a great experience, you know. And then it became to the point where it did become kind of a job, and it was, you know, it would wear you out, Pat. And I, you know, the time feels right to to walk away. Well, that's the thing. There'd be times when I'd be thinking about, "God dang it, I can't believe it." You know, the AD didn't call me back on this or this thing. <laughs> yeah. And I get in my car and I start to go and there'd be a guy up there doing, you know, putting a new roof on his, on this somebody's house. Yeah, it's the like hot 110 sun. degrees. Yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're okay. You, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be all right. Sometimes you need a reminders like that. Yeah, you do. And that's the thing. I think you, you share the sentiments that I expressed in the column today. We loved our readers. We loved them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys that, that made our lives fun. We'd see people in um, – in airports, Robbie, and, and yeah. I mean, it was a big deal to see us. We're like, we're not. I don't a big know why. Deal. I don't know why you would say that, <laughs> but we're you're the big deal. You're the yeah. you're the true winners here because yeah. uh, we we appreciate you, and uh, it, it went on forever. I you mean, know, Pat. Speaking of that, one of the great things that Jeremy told us the other day is that you know we we were in a way a part of Florida football during that this whole time. I mean, we weren't we didn't work for him, but we were part of what was going on over there. Well, and we because we covered so many championships, yeah. and and uh, you know Dan Mullen and his thing said that we were part of the tr- the fabric and the tradition yeah. of Florida football. So yeah, pretty unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, well, two, that's all we ever wanted to do. Two kids from St. Augustine. That's all we ever wanted to be. Yeah, all we wanted to be was part of Florida football when we were kids. And we and when we were kids, we loved the Gainesville Sun. Oh. Didn't we? Remember every the, time the you orange can, one? Yeah, I Remember love that, that orange paper. But I love the one, the sequence photos, Pat. Yeah, the ball here, the ball there. I wanted one that was year awesome for uh, for our spring game coverage to be exa- the old. I loved, I loved that idea. I wanted to do that, and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't, they, couldn't they didn't execute. Think it. We could have an orange newspaper. Yeah, it was called the Big Orange. Yeah, just like my, the, the, that was my best, second best idea. My best idea. Was to have the the O4s walking across the um, yeah Gail Lemeron at that you know with the with the stripes in the way like Abbey like, Road like Abbey Road yeah. you do the Abbey Road cover nah Billy wouldn't let us do that God that would have been an awesome one yeah I I still regret that I didn't push harder we should have just photoshopped who would have been barefoot 
Oh, Noah. Noah yeah. White suit oh, yeah. barefoot. There's <laughs> no doubt. That yeah. Zero doubt. If I could have talked him into that, that would have been great. <laughs> he would have done it. <laughs> yeah, he, he would have loved it. Yeah. I, you know. All right, let's do three things before we get out of here and get all weepy and everything. Uh, so we'll, our three things today will involve uh, Florida football. And, again, I, but I do want to go back and say one other thing, Robbie. Um we didn't just cover football. We covered a lot of things. You were the king of Gator Nationals. Oh, yeah. You were the king of the uh, – Marathon. The marathon. Uh, but we covered baseball. That One yeah. of the great stories of all time involves Robbie with baseball. Oh, yeah. We won't tell it here, but <laughs> – Gene Fernett knows it well. He does. <laughs> or, as, or as Chuck Dunlap says, Gene Fernetti. Gene <laughs> Never corrects him either. Fernett's been on there for years and years. Are you still getting his uh, name mispronounced? Fernetti. And 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 like I, my relationships with every coach that's been here have been unbelievable. And the UAA deserves a lot of credit for the people they hired. Yeah, hire good people. Um, I mean, Tim Walton and I had an hour conversation the other day talking about things. And you know, obviously uh, Billy Donovan, my relationship with him was unbelievable. And I know yours was too, Robbie. And you know, Mike White, I, I have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, I know he's going through a lot right now, trying to play I know. a game, but. Um, you know, um, he's going down the list. J.C. Deacon, Buddy Alexander, of course. You oh, yeah. Know, you used to love to go cover the oh, I know. Gator Golf Invitation. I remember, speaking of Billy, Antonia English was our basketball writer. I took her out to the airport. We met Billy and uh, Jeremy getting off the plane for his interview here. Really? Yeah. It was a great moment. He ended up being the coach. But he talked to Antonia for a couple of minutes. Yeah. So it was really it was really cool. Tell you what, duels. <laughs> I, Duels. I, ne- he never lets me forget the day we had our kind of introductory meeting at Bennigan's. Remember the old Bennigan's? Yeah, I love that place. There's some stories from there. There too. really are a lot One of them. One of them I know we can't tell. Old leather something. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the Tim Andrew uh, <laughs> the Tim episode. Tim Andrew one has got to be. <laughs> That's gotta way up there. You got to pull us aside one day and we'll tell you yeah, that Yeah, it's one. a good one. Um, we never mentioned your mom, no way. But no, that's so old. That's that. old now, though. Uh, we, we've told that story a lot. I know. <laughs> let's tell that story. Your mom? No way. Let's tell that story real quick. No, but what was I? Oh, so I meet. Yeah, Billy I Donovan. I meet with Billy Donovan, and he goes, um, he says, um, you know, do you think, what do you think? I mean, about what do you think we can do here? And I said, Billy, you know, and I'm Mr. Mr. Suave, Mr. Smart yeah. Guy. <laughs> and I'm like, Billy, I've been around here a while. Yeah, you're, me, you know everything, let right? Let me tell you. <laughs> This is a football school. It can never be a basketball school. You come in here, you do a good job, get a better job out of this, maybe go to Kansas or something. That's basically what we, what you're looking at. I'm going to quote Chris Harry on this one. Are you tired of being right all the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's brought that up to me many yeah, times. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Schools, you, never, you said we could never be a basketball school. I said, yeah, you're correct. I was wrong on that. And that I will tell you that – I don't know that it wasn't my favorite moment, 06 National Championship. When that was, I won it. Yeah. And I, I literally could feel my eyes welling up, and I'm like, dude, hold it together. Yeah. You, you're around all these guys, Lupica's coming over one shoulder. Yeah, and you better watch over out. the other. Hey, how many dunks is that in a row for Florida? And I'm, let me look it up here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. But um, this story is, is, is a story. The, and then we'll do three things, okay? Okay, we'll do the one last. I like you may want to tell it, but I wasn't there for it. Yeah, so I you, was there. It was you were there, so go ahead and tell. It, it was in the I don't know the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's after practice, and Spurs already talked to the media, and then we're done, but we're just kind of BSing back and forth, him with the writers talking and stuff. And this one alligator writer named Matt Adams, who was a really – he would have played offensive guard, an out-of-shape offensive guard, let's say. <laughs> he was a big, big guy, really nice guy, friendly guy. And uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere during talking to Spurs, he goes, you know, Steve, uh, my mom knew you in college. And, he, and Spurs goes, oh, yeah, she she did. And he goes, yeah. In fact, you guys actually dated. <laughs> And Spurrier looked at him with this sour look and goes, your mom? No way. <laughs> but, but Matt Adams, we called him the welcome Matt after that. Well, it's funny because we— It was hilarious. She had to be there. We were using that for a while as our um, our trivia name, your mom, yeah. no way. Your mom? No way. No way. <laughs> no way. If he'd been a skinny, good-looking guy, oh, yeah, what'd she look like? <laughs> I remember when he was at Washington and— the, everybody, there was all these, all these media and like foreign media and everything. Cause this is a big deal. Yeah. And he's walking and guys are backing up and one guy tripped and fell down <laughs> and, and he goes, get up Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he's a classic. Uh, there's no, never been anybody like him. And, no. uh, and it is a privilege and an honor to, have known him, covered him. And I consider him a, a good friend. And I think you do too. Absolutely. Yeah. Pat. All Absolutely. Right. It's time for three things. It's time for three things. We're gonna do three things. We're gonna give each we're gonna give our three favorite people to interview. Not necessarily the three best players. We you know, not necessarily the three best uh, coaches, but the three best athletes that we have interviewed. During our long and illustrious careers, I'll let you go first, Robbie. Okay, uh, James Bates. Yeah, that's he a was good a one. he was a classic. He was funny. And I tell the story of the one Halloween practice they had. He didn't wear a helmet. He wore a pumpkin on his head. <laughs> he made a made a helmet out of a pumpkin, and he went through the whole practice, and nobody said a word. It was like, okay, it's Bates being Bates. It was hilarious. But and he was always funny. He he's a great guy, and. Uh, Lawrence Wright's up there for me. He was always open, honest, very outgoing. Yeah, hilarious. Although, <laughs> gotten a little, I don't know if you call it hot water even over the, the whole Gator Bait thing. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I know. know. But, I mean, like, a lot of people agree with him. I, I, I don't particularly, but no. a lot of people. But he didn't know where that came from when he set it back no. then after that game. If you ain't a Gator, you must Nobody be Gator Nobody had a problem bait. with it that day. No, no, yeah. not at all. And then Zach Pillar is another guy that was always fun to be around and even more fun when he was around football, was around maybe some beer maybe or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, Pillar telling us that story up, and we were up in Nashville yeah. about how the on quarter beer night, that, <laughs> it was it was drinking until you had to go to the bathroom, and all, the players wore diapers. All the the big lime and the big office of lime <laughs> wear a diaper. To the, yeah, that was. And I guarantee you they put away a bunch of beer. Yeah, I'm going to go with Judd Davis. That's uh, a good one. And Judd Davis telling – he always has a story for me. And Judd is uh, telling a story about one day they decided to wear the, the dark the visors yeah. out there. and but then That's a good one. Uh, Shane chickened out, so Judd was the only one out there. <laughs> they were giving him – the coaches were giving him all help. But uh, always great. And, uh, you know, and actually just got a uh, – Congratulatory uh, email from his dad. Oh, nice! Uh, so very, uh, nice. very nice. Um, uh, Joe Kim Noah. Oh yeah, is on my list because Joe Kim Noah. 
I mean, you got straight answers, and you got sometimes you got them in French. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was a great guy. And, and I would see him like all over town. Like I'd I'd be out to dinner with my wife after a game, and they would have flown back. And he, I remember seeing him at Stonewood, and I, and that was the day that that he tried to get the ball away from Kevin Stallings, and Stallings wouldn't give him yeah, the ball. Yeah, I remember that. And I go, what What's up with that? And he goes, You know what? Up in Nashville, he's a hero. And I, and I said, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. But that, the way you look at it, that, that was Joe Kim. Um, yeah, his stickity dance still to this day. <laughs> it remember, reminds yeah. me of the great. And the best interview I have ever done, and I did it for four years, was Bridget Sloan. Bridget Sloan answered every question. She was great, huh? With unbelievably straight answers, and I'll never forget after LSU beat him here in the O Dome, and it was you know it was a big big deal match. Oh yeah. And she said, "Okay, you beat us. Let's see what happens at SECs. Let's see what happens at NCAA's. What happened last year? You know, <laughs> this is a regular season match." She didn't say it like that. Yeah, but, but yeah. that's basically what she said. She just I, – I, that was – I was like, that's the freshest, most honest quote I've ever gotten. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I loved her so much. And uh, it's funny because the next year after she got out, um, I was at the NCAA gymnastics meet, and she sat next to me the whole time. So we talked. It was great to see her. So those were my three. Those are all awesome, Pat. Yep. All right. That's going to do it. Um, I, I will tell you um, that there will be a duly noted podcast coming up. Actually, Friday. Good, Pat. You just got to go. Uh, diving right back in. I'm diving right back in. Uh, don't know what the website is yet, uh, but we'll have that Thursday. If you if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that or Facebook, I'll get it out. And then um, actually John Adams will be my first guest. That's a good way to start. Paper. He's an old hack, too. He is. He's older than us. And uh, I'm, I'll be writing some stuff on WRUF and other places and – uh, Robbie's got some stuff on the work, so we're going to be just fine. Yeah. Don't worry about us. I, I do want to answer one thing before we leave, Robbie. A lot of people yeah. have asked me, why now? Why December 1st instead of waiting until the football season's over? And this is just the way it was It was set up. Yeah, and it was a company-wide thing. It yes. was, you don't make exceptions for that. You just you offer did. a voluntary buyout. We, we, in fact, I offered. I said, look, if you want me to stay yeah. longer, I will. But they, they, they took it all the way to the top. Yeah, the and the, the sun will be fine. Trust me, everything is going to be fine here through the rest of the season, how long that yeah. goes, however long that goes. So, Young Zach Albaverde yeah. is, is taking he, He's a Rock. great hire, He'll Pat. Great. He'll do a, yep. a great job. So look forward to reading him. Yeah, they, they have not hired a columnist yet because they don't want they're everybody's afraid they don't want to be the next Ron Zuck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's why I keep telling. I'm telling. kidding. I know. Me. Cool. I was yeah. I am no Steve Spurrier. I know Steve Spurrier, and so you, sir, <laughs> are no Steve Spurrier. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But they they will find somebody and they'll, they'll do a great job. Yeah, no question. Um, so we got to get out of here. We got to walk out the door for the last time, and that'll be it. And we will miss you guys more than ever. Absolutely. And especially you podcast listeners, because you made this the number one podcast in the entire Gannett organization. That's awesome, Pat. So uh, I appreciate you so much. Follow me over to the next site. But whoever they, whatever they do here, whatever podcast they do here, I'm sure they'll do a good job. Listen to that as well. You got plenty of time on your hands. Until we meet again somewhere down the road. This is Pat Dooley. I heard Roy Rogers singing that. <laughs> when we, happy, happy trails. Happy trails to you <laughs> until we meet again. Pat Dooley and Robbie Andrew, freelancers. Yeah. 
from not from the Gainesville side. I can't even say that. No, anymore. we're from St. Augustine. Yeah, Pat Julian, Robbie, <laughs> the Andrew, Beach Boys the are back. Beach Boys. <laughs> Until uh, we see you again, I am deep. I am way back, and I am out of here. <laughs>